What's up, everybody? Welcome to Words of Wisdom Podcast, where we're wild with wisdom from all walks of life. I'm Jennifer Brienne, and I serve as your podcast host to bring words, voice, language, and freedom to your world. It's Wednesday, so let's wise up and talk about communication and instruction and their many facets in our lives. What's up, everybody? I hope you're having an amazing, awesome, beautiful, fantabulous day. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Um, I got a lot of positive review and feedback from the podcast that we discussed last week. So if you haven't heard that, make sure you check it out after this. We talked about pride being the killer in our communication. Um, and so you really want to check that out. If this is your first time tuning in, thank you so much. I appreciate you joining. My name is Jennifer Brand, and I am your podcast host. I aim to bring you words, voice, language, and freedom. Um, here we talk about communication and instruction in lieu of wisdom. And so since we had such an amazing um, turnout speaking on pride and communication, one of the underlying themes when you're talking about pride and communication and resolving conflict, connecting, communicating with other people is dealing with communicating and discussing your emotions. So what I want to talk about today is how to communicate your emotions. Um, You're going to have emotions, okay? And so if you go about life acting like you don't have feelings or you've suppressed them one way or the other, you are already in um, an emotionally vulnerable and a very... um, detrimental place because you are denying yourself the ability to feel and you're also denying yourself the capability to live healthily and so you have to be able to communicate your emotions not only for dealing with other people but also dealing with yourself one of the reasons you need to be able to communicate emotions is because it unveils to you a part of who you are, how you are experiencing said phenomenon, and what you need to do about it. And so when we're talking about communicating emotions with ourselves, we first have to identify them. And sometimes that's very, very hard. For example, if you are going through the quarantine right now and it's not good, like it doesn't feel good, every day is a new experience, um, or there's something going on, that you don't necessarily have words for because this quarantine is new. Most people in the world have never been through anything like this. So you don't even have the vocabulary, the words, the diction, the understanding to communicate these emotions. All you know is that you feel something. And a lot of times when we're experiencing emotions, it's not just an isolated emotion. We might have a strong standout emotion, but for the most part, there are typically multiple emotions going on. For instance, if you feel strongly anxious during this time that we're experiencing, you might also be feeling some secondary emotions of doubt, of worry, of unbelief, um, depending on what or how you are processing the quarantine and the times that we are in right now. And so it's hard to communicate what you don't have words for, right? It's really hard to tell somebody or even to be clear in your own understanding of yourself when you don't have words. So what do you do when you don't have words? There's a couple of things you can do. First thing you can do is start to research um, 
some of the things that you think you're feeling. Well, well, Jennifer Brand, how do you research with words if you don't have words? That's a good question. What you do is you start looking up some words, some definitions, some experiences that you are experiencing, and then you will find new words that help to identify or pull out of you what's actually on the inside of you. Another tip would be to talk to somebody because perhaps someone who has gone through what you're going through or is currently experiencing what you are experiencing has thought through this and they may be having like and similar emotional experiences. And so because of that, you are able to then gauge some of the words, some of the language that they use to express themselves and you can determine if you identify with that language. Uh, sometimes this doesn't work. Sometimes people go through experiences um, in a totally different way, you know, than what we do. However, that's another way of finding words. Uh, I went through a situation in my life um, where I never been through that before, but I found a community of women and people who understood, who had language around it and who could help me bring out of me what was in me. The reason why you need to be able to bring out what's in you when you're dealing with your own emotions is so that you know what to do. You have to know what to do with those feelings. You have to know what to do with those emotions. You have to know what's the next step. What do I need to do, say, release? How can I move forward if these emotions aren't positive or um, positively benefiting and impacting my life? Sometimes they are, you know, sometimes, you know, people cry tears of joy because they don't have the words to express how proud, how excited, how thrilled, how surprised, how amazed, how shocked they're they're feeling. However, just the tears allows their soul to speak where words slip them, you know. Um, sometimes emotions are positive. You can feel all of these amazing positive emotions at once and you don't have words for it. You know, for instance... I'm sure um, nobody has ever asked you to describe sex. Like nobody's actually ever asked you to describe what sex emotionally feels like. But if you have to begin to put to words, uh, there's a lot of images. There's a lot of thoughts. There are a lot of different types of language you would use to describe the emotional experience because you'd have to separate them from your physical experiences. And so that would take a lot of thought if you did act adequately. Um, so with that said, some feelings and emotional experiences are positive and we need to be um, just as excited and just as ready to express those words. Now, let me put a pin in this and talk to my fellas right now. Um, so you guys know that I am married now and there's an old adage that says, if you if a man gives a woman a, how does it go? If you give me the man to, it's, it's, sorry, it's, in speaking to a man and a woman, and in the in the saying kind of goes, if a man gives you a word, the woman will give you a sentence. If the man gives you a sentence, the woman will give you a paragraph. If the man gives you a paragraph, the woman will give you a dissertation. And that's kind of the running joke in our marriage because I am more talkative. I am more expressive, whereas he is more reserved. Um, he says what he means. He means what he says. And I have to kind of fill in the blank sometimes. And so to my fellas... There are communication statistics that say you on average use less words and have less diction uh, to describe things, to talk about things, um, to explain things. You just 
have less words. Our society um, gives girls so many more words, trains them in the art of details and using more and more language to talk and express and explain. And they don't nurture men from early ages to do this. So my suggestion to you is to use your words as many as you have. Listen for more if you don't feel like you have enough. If the people that you spend a lot of time talking to always are asking you follow-up questions, begin to listen to the follow-up questions because the follow-up questions will then give you things that you need to be thinking about before uh, you ever initiate a conversation or before you answer. It'll help enlarging your mind capacity about what people want communicated to them when you first share. I've also found that men get really frustrated in having to share multiple times. Um, there's a meme going on right now where this little girl is laying on her daddy's chest and she says, you love me, you love me, you love me. And she acts so, so many times and he gets agitated. He's like, yes, I love you and only you. And she hits him. And so, you know, a lot of the jokes around the meme are that um, you can tell her how many times you love her and it still won't be enough. And the guy misunderstood the interaction. He, the little girl didn't hit him because she was um, upset that he, you know, didn't say it again. The little girl hit him because that time he said it with an attitude and she didn't want to hear the attitude. And so, again, I understand that you guys get tired of us asking you questions, but um, listen to what we're asking you because most times we're asking you the same types of questions. We're asking you to open up the doors to elaborate on the things that you have to say, on the things that we want you to say um, because we know that there's deeper meaning, but sometimes we don't always get that on the first question. So that will help you um, in your communication, especially when she's asking you to communicate those emotions, when she's asking you to communicate your feelings for her or if she's made you feel some type of way. And so I want to transition this conversation um, into us communicating our emotions to other people. The interesting thing um, in communicating your emotions to other people is you have to be clear about how you feel. And one of the most dangerous things that you can do is communicate your emotions um, in the moment, I think that we need to take a moment and process our emotions and process our thoughts about our emotions to make sure that our emotions aren't just a hot flare up or just a heated moment. Because sometimes when you take a moment and you you separate yourself from your emotions, you can look at your emotions analytically and say, okay, I'm being dramatic. It wasn't that big of a deal. Or I really undershot this. This actually means a lot more to me than what I express or what I would like to express. So I like the tip of taking a moment to separate from your emotions because you need to be able to look at your emotions analytically and logically. And the reason why you need to be able to do this is so that when you uh, approach, uh, confront, engage uh, the other persons or people that you're sharing these emotions with, whether it's positive, whether it's negative, you have considered the other person's feelings. You have considered the other person's personhood. You have also considered um, 
the other person's ears in that you know them, you have some degree of relationship with them. So you can um, choose words and language that, that will help them most receive your message. What you want to do is you want to communicate your heart. In order to communicate your heart, you have to be clear on what it is you want said and what it is you want received from what you say. And those are two separate agendas. Sometimes, especially us women, we really just want to vent right? Like we really just want to get those feelings out. We want to get that thing off our mind and we want to release the feeling because it hurts. It doesn't feel good. Um, it made us angry. Um, it gave us the attitude. It, it was frustrating or whatever emotion it created. But we also have to consider who we're talking to about it, whether it's our coworker, our intimate partner, our mother, our sibling, our child, um, whoever we're having to express this emotion to and the degree and capacity that we want them to receive the emotion. And this is what I mean. You never want to communicate to somebody and give them, especially if it's negative, give them the same feeling that you're feeling. For instance, if somebody said something and it hurt me and it, and it made me feel horrible, I would want to go to the person screaming and yelling and hoping that they get hurt or that they feel some type of way because that's not what I want them to receive from the emotion. Remember, you want them to receive your heart. You want them to receive that it hurt you, but not to communicate to hurt them. So you have to be really strategic in your language, meaning that if the person came to you, they caught you off guard, they were being disrespectful, you thought they were being rude, they may have cursed you out. Okay, well, returning the cursing out, disrespectful and rude does not allow them to receive your heart. All you did was try to make them feel the way you made, the way they made you feel. And now we've gotten nowhere. We haven't handled the issue. You don't know how it made me feel. So now we have to have another follow-up conversation and possibly another conversation to know what we want done after this and how we're going to move this relationship forward. So to avoid all of that, be mindful, take a step away from your emotions, take a step away from the conversation, take a step away from the board meeting room, um, inform the email that came through. I will respond to this at an adequate amount of time. Expect to hear from me on X day. Um, whatever you need to do in order to allow yourself the moment to feel your emotions fully, fully experience them, but then also be able to take a step away from them to look at them analytically. Once you do that, you are in more control of your feelings. You are in more control of your emotions and you are also able to convey that same degree of emotion and experience to the person without causing damage to the person or the relationship because it is vital that you keep in in mind their feelings and their thoughts and their needs too because if there's some degree of relationship there may have been a breach when they cause you to feel whatever emotions they cause you to feel and I'm really focusing on negative emotions because for the most part it's easy to tell good news it's easy to be happy it's easy to share joy and laughter with other people we seem to not have any problems considering you know for instance if I have this best friend what types of memes she would like versus this friend who only wants these types of videos that's a form of sharing joy and I know that I can't go to my video friend with memes or my meme friends with videos um, but we don't seem to be able to do that well when it comes to uh, dissecting and understanding those negative emotions so take this and understand that when you are having to commute 
communicate those negative emotions, you have to keep in mind their feelings. Again, it's for the sake of the relationship. I don't know the degree of the relationship. I don't know, again, if it's your child, coworker, boss, supervisor, manager, pastor, uh, a deacon at the church, a, a fellow church member, a teammate, um, co-worker, a significant other, auntie, cousin, whoever, you have to keep in mind their feelings because if you do not, it causes a disregard and probably a disruption, if not a total tearing of the relationship. And you do not want that. So you have to communicate what you need and you have to do it without being condescending, without being petty, without being demeaning, without being respect disrespectful, without being rude, because all that does is elevate the situation. All that does is cause the knife to drive deeper into the stab wound. All that does is create a bigger mess that you have to emotionally dissect. And that's not what you want. Remember, coming kind of from last week, we don't want pride to, um, to disrupt the connection. We don't want pride to come into our communication and keep us from connecting. So how is it that we will enact this? It's in this very moment. When you have to go to the person, when you have to go back in the board meeting, when you have to go back to the meeting with your manager, um, when you have to uh, uh, confront your intimate partner, um, it's in that moment that we choose to not allow pride to win even if the other person has not done that, even if their initial conversation didn't allow that, or even the follow-up conversation didn't allow that. When you get really, really good at this skill, because it definitely is a skill, you will begin to do that in the moment. You will be able to say, okay, I recognize how this is making me feel. I identify these emotions, these swirls of thoughts I'm having as they're saying these words to me and what it's doing inside of me. But I also understand that you are fill in blank to me. And that matters more to me than what you're saying or what you're trying to communicate. Because you also have to understand that not everybody thinks about communication like you. Not everybody thinks about um, using their words and using their language in order to enact change. And most people just use the words that they have, use the diction that whether they've been reading or it was passed down, however they got to the vernacular that they have, and they use it um, in the ways that they were taught, whether that was culturally, whether that was environmentally, uh, whether that was educationally, however they were taught. And so um, uh, the unfortunate thing is a lot of people aren't taught. We just assume that people know how to communicate. We assume that people know how to understand. They know how to comprehend and dissect our messages. And the a lot of the miscommunication is not that. The, a lot of the miscommunication is that we haven't taken time to get to know the person, to get to know the relationship, and get to know our own words. Because how can I share with you something that I am not sure that I am feeling or that I can't express? Because this is the thing, ladies, especially when we're talking to our men, what are they supposed to do about it? If you can't tell them what you're experiencing, what you're feeling adequately, how will that empower them to do something about it or to change their behavior? So maybe you work backwards. Maybe you say, okay, well, I want him to stop texting other girls. Okay, well, why do you want him to stop texting other girls? You want him to stop texting other girls because you feel like that in a committed relationship, I should have your only attention and your attention only. And so you want to communicate that I have a problem with you, you know, 
not treating our relationship to a priority level as to me having only your attention and your attention only. And now we're getting somewhere because now you can say, and that when you text other girls, that makes me feel insert blank. And so now we're getting somewhere because you can identify what is making you feel. What does it make you feel? It makes you feel insecure. It makes you feel not worthy. It makes you feel not as important. It makes you feel not as much of a priority. It can make you feel a lot of different things. The most important thing is that you've identified what it makes you feel. And you've also connected that to an action because now you can empower that other person. You can make a specific request. You can say, hey, I need you to stop texting other girls or on the job. You can say, hey. I need you to stop yelling at me in front of the people that are under me because you delineate my power and my authority to do my job because now that you serve me and come right to you and it's not proper, it makes me feel like I'm not as powerful or that I can be as assertive that I need to in front of my workers. So now you've attached an action to a specific request. You've identified the emotion. And so this is something that you need. This is vital to your life because it will help you to not focus on the emotion. Remember, feelings are fleeting. Emotions are fleeting. They come and they go. But what do you want to happen so that you don't experience that negative emotion again? And the converse is true. What do you need to happen so that you do experience that positive emotion again? Remember, positive and negative emotions, they can even be jointly experienced. But if you attach them to a specific request or to something clear that you want done or changed, whether it's their words, their body language, their behavior, um, their approach, whatever it is that you need, Think about that. Think about this. So very simply put, think about the emotion, think about the request, and think about the request in a form of an action. Because if the request is not in a form of action, how can you really gauge the change behavior that won't allow you to experience that emotion or that will allow you to experience that said emotion? And I think it's very imperative that we don't just relegate Emotions to actions, emotions to actions, emotions to actions, but um, that's not an absolute. But as it pertains to relationships, it's easy to see that the other person is trying. It's easy to see that the other person is engaged. It's easy to see that, remember, your heart was heard on the matter. And now because of that, they're trying to create a different atmosphere in a different emotional climate for the relationship to rest in. So I think that is so imperative, especially in we're, as we're in a time right now that we are limited in our ability to be in others physical presence but we're still very much experiencing all of these different emotions all these different feelings um I typically um work from home and so my life of quarantine I've is very different now that everyone else is quarantined because I have to deal with more people now. I, I talk to more people on a daily basis than what I used to. Um, and so there are more emotions that I hear throughout the day. There are more experiences that, that I experience. And so it's important um, that you are able to be emotionally healthy and also help those around you. Because the converse is true too. What if you made somebody feel a type of way? What if you... Um, said something or did something that triggered a negative emotional experience for someone else and they come to you it caught you off guard you didn't know that you did that you didn't know that um it made you feel that way so so my my thoughts are we have to still 
uh, do the same things. I think it would be best of you to apologize. Don't apologize on the if I offended you or the if I hurt you. No, because I hurt you, I am sorry. Because I made you feel some type of way, I apologize, but also understand your emotional experience or explain yourself. That, I mean, a lot of people in, uh, I don't want to get into generation blaming, but younger generations have this communicative mentality that um, I'm almost too cool for school and I won't be vulnerable. And a part of that is explaining what I, what I was or was not doing or what I am or am not feeling. And I just think it's so detrimental because you won't get to have those fulfilling relationships like you really could because you want to be prideful or because you want to be too cool for school. But it is important that you communicate, that you be vulnerable, that you be open, that you take responsibility for those feelings. Like, be honest about what you feel. Don't deny what you feel. If you leave the conversation, if you leave the interaction still feeling a way that you did not express, that's going to stay with you. You missed your moment. Don't do that. Don't allow yourself to miss the moment. Be honest, be open, and be clear about what you feel. That way you can identify what you want done differently based on that and make your request. Because again, emotions are fleeting. We don't want to focus on emotions. We want to focus on forgiveness and solutions so that the relationship can move forward healthily and so can the healing and the mendings of all parties involved. Okay? So I hope this helped you to um, communicate those emotions. A lot of us struggle with this, but this is a very simple, uh, principally based concept that will help you. It's it's very, very simple. Listen to this again. Um, Talk to your partner about this. Talk to your coworker, your manager, um, your supervisor, whoever you need to ensure share this information with them so that they are clear on um, how to communicate emotionally Um, because it's important. Emotions happen. They are a part of life. They are a part of living and we need to know how to adequately communicate them. So I hope this helped you. I hope this will help someone in your world. If you enjoyed this, leave me a like, a rating, a review. Give me feedback. I appreciate feedback. It lets me know which way I need to go. And until next time, guys, I love you all. Peace, love, and hair grease.